Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fantasy Law Guy podcast. I'm Nick Garisco at Fantasy Law Guy. Today's episode, what can we expect for teams picking 20th through 32nd? Let's nail some of those picks. I keep the ball! Oh, I keep the ball! He did what? Playoffs? What are talking about? Playoffs? Who the hell is Mel Kite? They are who we thought they were! And we let them off the hook! Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game! What the hell's going on out here? I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Can't wait! You like that? You like that? Just keep a trickling the ball down the field, boys! I saw, son! I saw! Hello? You play to win the game. Hardly. Sends the Saints to the Super Bowl. Hello and welcome everyone to part three of this podcast series centering on the NFL draft. We've talked at length about teams holding the first pick through the 19th pick. In this one, we are finishing up on this initial rundown of the team needs and kind of prospect matching. Big picture stuff for teams picking 20th through 32nd. And after that, the shows, we're two weeks away. So the shows are just going to be based on updates to my mock what I'm reading and hearing each day from the rumors, any nice nuggets that I'm picking up on these teams, message boards, stuff like that, deep dive stuff. And then we're going to be focusing on betting the NFL draft, which I'm already getting a lot of questions about, and then mock strategy. But this listen will reveal everything you need to know about kind of what to expect for the final 12 picks of round one. So let's get started. The Pittsburgh Steelers was where we left off. They have picked 20, and we're talking quarterbacks here. They signed Mitch Trubisky, and they're paying him about $7 million a year. I guess that's nice. They Trubisky was actually signed for a one-year, $2 million deal last offseason to back up Josh Allen in Buffalo. And has he really done enough to warrant a starting job? I'm, I'm really not sure. I think this might have been a situation where Pittsburgh may be overpaid, but it really doesn't matter. What's relevant here is that it allows them to add a rookie and still not pay a premium at the quarterback position. And this is the direction I believe the Steelers are going, aggressively finding their quarterback of the future. And and last year, one of the draft's worst kept secrets was the Steelers' interest in Najee Harris, running back out of Bama. And this year, we're kind of seeing that with quarterback Malik Willis out of Liberty. The Steelers were reportedly spending a lot of time with Malik Willis at the Senior Bowl. Their GM, their offensive coordinator, their head coach all spotted, speaking with Willis's parents there. The interest is real, according to multiple, several Steelers beat writers. Now, let me be clear. The Steelers are showing a lot of interest in all of the top quarterbacks of this class. I think they've brought in out of the big five, that is Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, and Kenny Pickett, not in that order, obviously, but they've brought all of them in for multiple visits. Or I should say they visited with all of them multiple times and brought all of them to their facility at least once. Gone out to dinner with them, wine and dined them. So they are doing their homework on this year's quarterback class. And you can make the argument that this, you know, visiting all these quarterbacks doesn't mean much. Maybe they're using it for future free agency. Maybe they're just trying to get to know the quarterbacks, find out what their weaknesses are when they face them for whatever reason. But I think their interest is legitimate. And that's the direction that I'm going here. Ben Roethlisberger just retired. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a a long-term answer. I think he's more of a stopgap quarterback. 
And I'm fully buying that Pittsburgh is not only looking at quarterbacks and not only coveting Malik Willis, but I think they're trying to move up into the top 10 to take Malik Willis. I don't think that they're going to do the same for Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter. They may like them, but they could also be available at pick 20. So for my money, it's Willis that they covet and and they're trying to move up for if the price is right. If they don't take a quarterback or other teams just kind of prove too aggressive and nab the Steelers' preferred targets, then maybe Sam Howell and Matt Corral could be options for the Steelers in round two. But for round one, if no quarterback, you know, Pittsburgh actually has a plethora of needs. And I'm going to start actually with safety because I find this quote really interesting. Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert, he noted that the team has starting caliber players at 24 of 25 positions. The vacancy according to Colbert, is strong safety. And that is a very candid remark. You don't really hear general managers speaking like that. Most are trying to be all secretive. So the Steelers are telling us right there that they have a big need right now at strong safety. Terrell Edmonds is a free agent. Minka Fitzpatrick is a free agent in 2023. So maybe this is a Kyle Hamilton trade-up situation. If Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame, if, if the rumors are true and he is going to slide in this draft, which I do buy, I think he's going to slide to the teens. Maybe they'll move up for Kyle Hamilton. I would say Pittsburgh is probably Hamilton's floor at 20. Daxon Hill, the second safety to likely be taken out of Michigan. This is probably his ceiling, I should say. So those are two safety options for what apparently is a big need for the Steelers other than quarterback if the quarterback situation just doesn't work out. Offensive line, that's obviously another major need. It was a major need last April, but the Steelers decided again that you know running back was more important. And Najee Harris, he had a nice productive year, but predictably, you know, he had nowhere to run. And at the start of free agency, all five starters on the Steelers' offensive line could have been replaced. But the team did a really good job of re-signing the right tackle. They also signed right guard James Daniels to replace Trey Turner, who's a free agent. And they also added veteran center Mason Cole. But the left side of this line is still way below average. And we're going to talk about Boston College guard Zion Johnson a lot in today's episode. There's heavy interest in the Boston College guard around this spot in the 20s. Same for Kenyon Green guard out of Texas A&M and both kind of make perfect sense for the Steelers as you know kind of the best offensive lineman available they could slide in and start right away at left guard wide receiver is another need here wide receiver can't be ruled out Juju Smith-Schuster James Washington both departed in free agency so that leaves them with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and you may think on the surface hey that's a pretty good receiver duo right there and they invested in both of them, a second and third round pick in the last couple of years. But the Steelers wide receiver three right now is currently Gunnar Ozluski. I, I really can't even say his name. I don't know if I'm even saying that right. He's obviously not going to end up as the wide receiver three, really starting slot receiver, if you will, for the Steelers. And last episode, I reiterated over and over again that it seems like four or five receivers are going in the top 20. And more specifically, that 8 to 20 range. I think the Falcons kind of open it up at 8. And from 8 to 20, you're, you're going to see the Ohio State wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris Alave. You're going to see USC, Drake, London. You're going to see Alabama's Jamison Williams, even though he might miss most of his rookie year with a torn ACL recovery. And you're going to see Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, big-bodied receiver. And the next receiver is probably, in this, and we're talking the second half of round one, the next receiver after that top five is probably Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. So keep an eye out on for the local kid. Dotson here to the Steelers if they don't go quarterback. 
pass rusher is another need. The splits with and without TJ Watt on the field were damning last year, so much so that it arguably made Watt Defensive Player of the Year. In fact, it was one of the best arguments for him. The Steelers' defense was terrible without T.J. Watt in the lineup when he missed a couple games last year. They need depth at edge. And we're also looking at linebacker. Problematic. Devin Bush has not panned out. They traded up into the top 10 to acquire Bush. Didn't work out. They also signed Miles Jack, who's kind of, I don't know, I don't want to use the word bust loosely, but also really hasn't worked out that much in Jacksonville. Both are in the final year of their contract. So they really don't have a future at linebacker after this season. The Steelers don't. So maybe Devin Lloyd out of Utah, the top linebacker available, maybe he's an option. This should be about his range in the 20s. So look, the Steelers have a lot of needs, even beyond quarterback. So quarterback is most likely, but if not, we're looking at best player available situation with O-line, wide receiver, pass rusher, linebacker, safety. I mean, that's a ton of need. I think that they end up with a quarterback in rounds one or two. I think that Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, all round one options. I think all three will go in the top 20, and one of them will go to the Steelers whether they stay put or whether they trade up for one. That's just my prediction. I would say right now I'm feeling the Steelers uh, moving up to get someone like Malik Willis, but they may be able to sit tight and grab somebody like Desmond Ritter or Kenny Pickett. But if they don't go the quarterback route, for whatever reason, I'm probably going to go with safety Kyle Hamilton here, Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson, and someone I haven't mentioned yet, UGA defensive tackle Jordan Davis. If he slides due to you know a lack of value at the defensive tackle position or the fact that he'd be a part-time player, he's one of the most athletic players in the draft. I think the Steelers could scoop up Jordan Davis here if he slides to 20. Uh, apparently, they've brought him in for, or they met with him multiple times. Apparently, there's a lot of interest there. So moving on to pick 21, that is the New England Patriots. And this is where I think that Devin Lloyd, the top linebacker in the class, I mentioned him as a maybe a prospect for the Steelers, but I think he makes a lot more sense in New England. New England has lost three of their last three of their top four linebackers in snaps last year. Kyle Van Noy, Donta Hightower, and Jamie Collins. They traded for Mac Wilson and they re-signed Jawan Bentley. But they really need a long-term answer here. Maybe a successor to uh, Donta Hightower. He's kind of been a staple of this defense for years. Devin Lloyd, I can really see it. Wide receiver, also obviously a massive need. Those of you who play fantasy football, which I assume is all of you li- listening to this podcast. But you know firsthand, wide receiver, huge need for New England. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. Those were their three top wide receivers last year. They traded for Devontae Parker out of Miami this offseason, which will help the room. But several of them are entering the final year of their contract. And they want to help Young quarterback Mac Jones, give him somebody to develop and grow with. New England, they have a bad history of drafting round one receivers under Bill Belichick. But Jamison Williams, the Ohio State wide receivers, Drake London, Traylon Burks, they, you know, I don't think that Williams, the Ohio State receivers, and Drake London will be available. Maybe Traylon Burks is available. But Jahan Dotson, he's, again, he's an option for the Steelers. He's an option here. You'll You'll hear me say his name more for other teams in this range. The third pressing need for New England is offensive line, though. And the team, they strangely dealt right guard Shaq Mason at Tampa for a fifth-round pick. I don't know why. And then left tackle Isaiah Wynn is a free agent in 2023. So he only has one year left. And he's dealt with a number of injuries since he was a first-round pick. I think offensive guard is needed this year. And offensive tackle is needed possibly next year. So we're looking at Zion Johnson again, Boston College local product for the New England Patriots. 
And I really love this fit. And Zion Johnson has actually talked about in the interview how he would love to be a New England Patriot. So a, a great character guy. I could really see this being the pick for the New England Patriots. Kenyon Green, uh, another probably either guard number one or guard number two on most boards before kind of a drop-off at the guard position. So Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, both make a lot of sense here. New England's also visited with Kenyon Green at a Texas A&M privately this week. Or should I say last week? Or no, it was early this week, I think. Either way, it doesn't matter. They visited with him privately in the facility. So Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, either either one, I could easily be in seeing selected here to New England. At cornerback, that's kind of, I would say, another one of their top four needs. So you have wide receiver, you have linebacker, you have offensive line, and you have cornerback. New England needs a cornerback that specializes in man coverage. They play a lot of it. J.C. Jackson, they lost him in free agency. Backup cornerbacks, Jawan. Williams and Jonathan Jones, they're free agents in 2023. So Trent McDuffie, Washington cornerback, he fills that need really well if he makes it to pick 20. I think he might. If Philadelphia doesn't take him, I'm, I'm really struggling to find a match for Trent McDuffie. So it could be New England. So that's kind of the top four for my pick, right? Uh, top four for this pick, I should say. In uh, New England at 21, Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington, Devin Lloyd, Utah linebacker, in uh, offensive guards, Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson. And so we're two weeks out, but I, I I think that that's very likely that I end up with one of those four names kind of slotted here in my mock. Wide receiver, also a big need, as I mentioned, but I just it's just hard to predict which one not only will slide to New England and also which one they'd be interested in drafting because they kind of have a type. And even if they, even if the receiver kind of fit the type, I just don't know. I think Belichick might know that he's weak at drafting receivers. And I think they might wait in a deep receiver class for like rounds two or three to address that position and maybe just fill the room with a bunch of solid players, but no studs. So we will see about that. But right now, my top four for this pick are Trent McDuffie, Devin Lloyd, and the two uh, guards, Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson. So let's move to the Green Bay Packers. And they are picking, they have two picks in the first round after trading Devontae Adams. They're picking at 22 and 28. And this is the Raiders pick that they had. And we'll start there. Wide receiver, unquestionably the greatest need on the team. Not only are Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, their three starting receivers, now that Adams and, and Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Equinamius St. Brown, now that they're gone, but only Amari Rogers is under contract beyond this year. Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, free agents after this year. So I know the running joke about Green Bay is that they refuse to draft a, wide, a round one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, but not only do I think they're going to do it, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they use both first rounders that they have on wide receivers. I think at least one is highly, highly probable, despite the jokes. I mean, why else would Aaron Rodgers come back to Green Bay if he really knew that Devontae Adams was a gone pecan? You know, why would he come back? And he mentioned some positive meetings with the front office that kind of swayed his decision to come back to Green Bay or to re-sign with Green Bay. Did the Packers agree to draft a wide receiver in round one or to go trade for one? Did they agree to that to convince Rodgers to stay in those positive meetings? That's quite possible. I think it's probable. The Packers management, they have prioritized athleticism via testing in drafts. So head coach Matt LaFleur, he mentioned that, he also mentioned that we need a legit guy who can take the top off coverage. So that tells me they're looking for speed. So athleticism and speed is 
what we're going for here. Christian Watson, kind of a project, but he could really be a fit here. And he kind of fits that uh, athletic testing mold that the Packers have gone for at this position and really all positions in the first round. Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, he didn't test too well. And he may go in the top 20, but he displayed some supreme athleticism at times, kind of winning jump balls and excelling after the catch. I could see him from a size perspective, the Packers liking him, even though he did not run as fast of a 40 as we would have liked to see. But he plays fast. And Jahan Dotson, he's also speedy. But I don't know if he's athletic enough. He is a good blocker, which I know the Packers value. And the latest receiver we're getting first-round buzz in is George Pickens at a UGA. So I have them taking Traylon Burks at 22 right now and Watkins at 28. Two different types of receivers that I think would be good complements. And they may even try to trade up for like a more studly prospect like Jamison Williams. And maybe they have to move up for Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks has met with a lot of teams, particularly the Combine. Also, maybe it's a veteran. We've seen time and time again that Aaron Rodgers does not really gel with rookie receivers, that he needs that trust factor. So is it going to be Terry McLaurin from Washington? Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Maybe it's a veteran that they, you know, trade, let's say, both of their first-round picks for Metcalf, for example. But if they don't, if they don't take a wide receiver with both picks, you know, the other pick could be offensive line. Their offensive line kind of banged up last year. They made only, the starters made 53 of a possible 90 starts last season, which ranked 30th in the NFL. Center Lucas Patrick is a free agent. They've actually brought in Tyler Lindebaum out of Iowa, who's seen as by far the top center in this class, but he is undersized. So I don't know if the Packers would take him in round one, but, you know, very valuable and versatile offensive lineman Elgin Jenkins. He's a free agent in 2023. The team released offensive line, also versatile Billy Turner, who can play tackle or guard. So I think center and right tackle kind of need assistance for Green Bay. Uh, One really athletic lineman to keep an eye on is is Bernard Ryman. He's kind of a small school sleeper for Green Bay's pick at 28. He's an uber athletic prospect. So again, to summarize, I think Green Bay is definitely going to make a splash at wide receiver, whether it's double dipping or trading even both the picks for like a veteran or one of the picks for a veteran, but maybe moving up for Jamison Williams or Traylon Burks, I see them making a big move, a big play at wide receiver. And some of the comments that their general manager has made have kind of alluded to that idea or that concept. So that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. And if not, if they stay there, again, offensive lineman, maybe a Tyler Linderbaum at center, maybe Bernard Ryman at tackle. We could, I could see Jordan Davis being the athlete that he is, a defensive tackle if he lasts all the way to 22, which I don't think he will. But yeah, those are some other options there for Green Bay. So let's move on to 23. That is the Arizona Cardinals. And for the Cardinals, we're mainly, at first, we're looking at offensive line. Four of their five starters are free agents in 2023. Left tackle DJ Humphreys, right tackle Kelvin Beecham, center Rodney Hudson, and left guard Justin Pugh. So four of their five starters on the O-line are free agents in 2023. This is the last year of their deal. That's a big, big stat. Or I'm not even calling it a stat. It's a big, big fact for me in terms of mocking. Because a lot of experts are going to look at this team right now and say, oh, well, I don't really see offensive line being an immediate need or being a need for this team. But just because it's, this is an example where just because offensive line, or sorry, just because a team need isn't obvious on paper right now 
doesn't mean that it's not a need. First of all, you can always use offensive linemen. You start five of them. There's always in, they're always injured. You don't want to have you want to have that continuity, that chemistry. But but also, and Kyler Murray also he is a mobile quarterback, but he's played through injuries in the last two seasons. You want to protect him. So even disregarding the concept that offensive line isn't a need, it's a need for almost every team. But this is this brings the idea that just because a team need isn't obvious on the surface, like on paper for this year, doesn't mean it's not a need. The Cardinals are absolutely going to have to overhaul this offensive line as early as next offseason. So they're going to want bodies in place. Not only do I think a guard would start for them immediately, maybe at right guard to replace Josh Jones or something, but I also think that they're just going to need bodies for the future. So offensive line is definitely where I'm leaning towards for this pick. We're talking about Kenyon Green, offensive offensive guard out of Texas A&M and Zion Johnson. I have to think that Arizona would love either of them to be available for pick 23. The other major need for the Cardinals is cornerback. The team was really weak at cornerback last season. In fact, they've been really weak at cornerback for a long time. Their best corner, Byron Murphy, he's a free agent in 2023. The team is set to start Marco Wilson and Jeff Gladney at corner with Murphy, neither of whom are reliable. So you could see two Washington corners here, their teammates at Washington, Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon. I could see both of them being the pick or either of them being the pick and starting immediately at the cornerback spot. And then we kind of look at defensive line as well. At, at defensive tackle, Corey Peters, you know, he's a free agent this offseason. And Jordan Phillips, Zach Allen, J.J. Watt, they're free agents in 2023. So the Cardinals have a lot of expiring contracts. At defensive end, Chandler Jones and Dennis Gardeck, they, they're free agents. Chandler Jones was lost. So Marcus Golden and Devin Kennard, they're starters now. They're free agents of 2023. Again, a lot of expiring, expiring contracts. So it's George Karloftis, pass rusher. He fits the bill here. And then the other need I want to say is wide receiver. Wide receiver needs improvement, especially with the amount of wide receivers that King Cliff Kingsbury deploys. He loves four wide receiver sets, but they lost Christian Kirks to Jacksonville. A.J. Green, he's gone too. And that leaves really DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore. There's not much behind them. So again, I think there's a pretty big need for a team that loves four wide receiver sets. So Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, if he falls. Jahan Dotson, Penn State. This is right in his range, early to mid-20s. Those are definitely targets probably for this pick. So I said definitely targets probably for this pick. But I want to say I definitely consider them targets for this pick. So I think that they are probably actual targets for this pick because you never nothing's really certain in these in these mock drafts. But the five players that I've kind of narrowed this pick down to in my mock are Trent McDuffie, Kyler Gordon, so the Washington cornerbacks, George Karloftis, defensive end, and then the two offensive guards I mentioned, Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green. I want to also maybe throw Jahan Dotson out there, maybe Traylon Burtz if they fall, but I I just don't know. I'm not really sure. I would lean towards McDuffie, Gordon, Karloftis, and then the two guards more than the wide receivers, but we should not be surprised if Dotson or uh, uh, someone like Traylon Burks is drafted or whoever just slips through the cracks. It may be Chris Olave. I don't know. You would think that Green Bay at 22 would draft whoever slips through the cracks if they don't move up, but you just never know. So that's that's kind of how uh, I think I have a pretty good feel for the Cardinals, even though I mentioned you know six or seven players, but those are kind of the prospects for this pick, and I think that will stand for the next two weeks. Dallas Cowboys, 24. 
The Cowboys have similar prospects for this pick because they have really similar needs to the Arizona Cardinals at 23. Defensive line, wide receiver, offensive line, for example. You know, a wide receiver, the Cowboys traded Amari Cooper. They have Michael Gallup coming off the, the late ACL tear. Giddy up. They did sign James Washington, but I think he's more of a role player, a good role player. I think he's maybe to replace Cedric Wilson, who they lost to the Dolphins in free agency. I don't think he's going to replace Amari Cooper. So Dallas, they tried to trade for Devontae Parker when he was on the block in Miami. So I I just don't think they're done at wide receiver. Traylon Burks went to Arkansas. Jerry Jones is alma mater. They've already met with him multiple times. So he's definitely an option for the Cowboys. They might have to move up to get him into the top 20. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, he's another option. Again, this is his range. Offensive line. That's a huge need as well. Left tackle Tyrone Smith. He misses games every year. Right tackle Terrence Steele. He's a free agent in 2023. They cut Lyle Collins. They lost their longtime starter left guard Connor Williams. This longtime staple Dallas O-line is just no longer a strength. In fact, it's arguably a huge liability. So again, Zion Johnson, Boston College guard, would be a great pick. Kenyon Green, offensive guard for Texas A&M. That's someone Dallas could also take. They've met with him, Green, privately as well. Uh, the teams, you know, teams meet with a lot of prospects. But Dallas is one of those teams that historically tends to draft players that they visited with because of the way that they're structured. So on the on the defensive line, Dallas, they tried to re-sign Randy Gregory and they were spurned by Denver at the last moment. This kind of tells me that they need, they feel that they need to improve at defensive end. They need somebody opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. So Terrell Basham, he's a free agent in 2023. So then there's Jars Karloftis out of Purdue that could make, you know, defensive end. He could be an option there. There are a few other athletic defensive ends that are borderline round one or two that Dallas could reach a little for. But one player that I really want to mention here is Devin Lloyd. Because Dallas met with him privately last week. Or or again, I wouldn't bring it up for Dallas because they have a tendency of not only meeting with prospects, but also drafting the best prospects at a certain position, right? They drafted Zeke, who is the best running back in the class. They They drafted Byron Jones, who is the best corner in that class. They drafted Zach Martin, the best offensive guard in his class. They drafted Travis Frederick, the best center in his class. They drafted Mo Claymore, the best corner in his class. Tyron Smith, best tackle in his class. Des Bryant, the best wide receiver. C.D. Lamb, arguably the best wide receiver in their class. And Micah Parsons, after they got their cornerbacks that everyone knew that they were going to take, either J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan, after the corners were taken, they ended up going with Micah Parsons, who was, they felt was the best linebacker in their class. So with Micah Parsons and Van Der Esch, you wouldn't think Dallas would really need another first-round linebacker, but Van Der Esch inter- only on a one-year deal. And again, Parsons plays a lot of defensive end, so they want to keep that flexibility. So Van Der Esch has kind of declined with injuries and again, only a one-year deal. So yeah, I could definitely see Devin Lloyd being the pick there as the top linebacker in the class. But also, if it's not Lloyd, you know, Zion Johnson, offensive guard, offensive guard Kenyon Green, and then wide receiver Traylon Burks. Those would kind of be my top four for this pick right now. So moving on to the Buffalo Bills at pick 25. Offensive line is a big priority there. GM Brandon Bean, he mentioned offensive line as a priority this offseason, emphasizing protecting Josh Allen. We need to protect Josh Allen. Said it multiple times, including right after the season. 
when he wasn't really even thinking about the draft before free agency. So this is alarming considering the unit was actually, the offensive line was actually very healthy for the Bills last year. They made 91, their starters made 91 out of 95 possible starts. That tied for second in the league in my metrics. That left guard, Ike Bodiger, he's coming off a major injury. And the team cut, you know, left guard John Feliciano. He signed with the Giants. The team did sign Roger Saffold, but it was only a one-year contract. And he looked a little washed towards the end of last season. I think that's why the Titans were okay with not re-signing him. Right tackle Darrell Williams, he made 19 starts last year. 19 out of 19 starts for the Bills. And he was cut. And Cody Ford, Spencer Brown, are they good enough replacements? Probably not. So right guard and right tackle are kind of the issues there. It could be Ryan Bates and Spencer Brown. But I just don't know if the team, even though they kind of re-signed them both, I just don't know if the team really views them as like solid starters as opposed to really, really good depth or backup, versatile backup pieces. So running, so offensive line, we're not going to rule that out for the Bills. Uh, Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, both. I've mentioned them a hundred times, I feel like, already in this podcast. And we're only five picks in. But again, this is their range. And the Bills have a need at offensive guard. So uh, again, 20 to 25 uh, actually, I, I want to even throw 26, 27 in there. I'm going to mention their names again. 20s is where Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson are going. At running back. So this is the first team that I mentioned in the whole series so far. Out of the three episodes, we're getting through all the teams. First time I've mentioned running back as a need for really any team. And it's not that these teams don't need running back. It's just that this class, there's no supremely gifted running back out there. And even if there were, teams just don't value running backs that much anymore. We saw a guy like Jonathan Taylor going round two. So, uh, you know, running back for the Bills, the reason I could see it being a fit here, you know, Devin Singletary, he finished strongly. But running back kind of fits the theme that the Bills really kind of want to take pressure off Josh Allen, establish the run. Lots of Buffalo beat writers and Daniel Jeremiah have linked Brees Hall, the top running back out of the class out of Iowa State, with Buffalo. In Buffalo, here's why I also like it. Buffalo was high on Travis Etienne last April. In fact, Etienne thought he was going to be the Bills pick. I kind of thought he was going to be the Bills pick until Jacksonville took him and the Bills also tried to sign J.D. McKissick. They basically did sign him before he decided the last moment to return to Washington. So the actions of the team, we got to follow the actions of the team. They are revealing a desire to improve the running back position here. Emphasizing protecting Josh Allen, trying to beef up the offensive line. Almost took Travis Etienne, probably would have taken Travis Etienne if he was on the board last year, trying to sign pass-catching running back J.D. McKissick. And the other reason it makes sense, not only because they're picking late in the first round, but even though running back isn't as big of a need as maybe offensive line or cornerback, which I'll get to in a second, the logic is that Buffalo is kind of at the doorstep of the Super Bowl, and a dynamic running back could give them the final playmaker or weapon to kind of push them through that door. You know, Devin Singletary is worth a shout out for his strong finish as the team's bell cow, especially for fantasy football last year. Uh, he ended up being a, a fantasy league winner, but he, he's still kind of undersized for that role. And he's still, you know, in order to be sustainable, I don't think the team views him as a bell cow back, even though that's how they used him last year late in the season. And also, even if they did, Singletary only has one year left on his rookie contract. So maybe it's Brees Hall. Maybe it's Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M. C.J. Spiller played in Buffalo. Isaiah Spiller and C.J. Spiller are actually not related, but they're no stranger to taking a Spiller at running back in Buffalo. But moving on, if it's not offensive line or running back to affect the running game, I think cornerback is the biggest need here. One stat that has been ingrained in my head throughout the draft process, it's by Ryan McChrystal. 
who's also a very good mock drafter, by the way. But he mentioned that the Bills allowed 5.7 yards per pass attempt prior to Tredavious White's injury around midseason and 6.5 yards per attempt after White was lost for the season, including playoffs. And, and that's a big deal. That's a big difference there. They lost cornerback their cornerback to Levi Wallace in free agency. So late round one cornerbacks, Trent McDuffie, if he's here, Kyler Gordon, again, teammates out of Washington, maybe Andrew Booth out of Clemson. Although I think Andrew Booth may fall out the first round because he's had two offseason surgeries. So if you're looking at my mock and wondering, hey, where's Andrew Booth out of Clemson? I thought he was going to go late round one. I, I just moved him out of round one just because I think teams are maybe going to be a little weary of his medical history, his durability. But Kyler Gordon, Trent McDuffie, if they happen to fall here, I think Buffalo could easily pounce. Ultimately, I think Buffalo is a team with such few needs that I'm pretty sure their plan is to draft running back, offensive line, and cornerback in rounds one through three, but it could be any order. And it kind of depends on how the board shakes out. But right now, I'm leaning towards cornerback, you know, then running back, then offensive line. So let's move on to the Tennessee Titans at 26. Offensive line, one of their primary concerns. They lost their right tackle. David Questenberry, he's a free agent. And the team cut left guard Roger Saffold, as I mentioned. And, and right guard Nate Davis, he's a free agent in 2023. So this is a team that values its offensive line and its running game. Zion Johnson, Boston College guard again, hearing his name. Kenyon Green, if Arizona or Dallas or some of those other teams pass, those guards could be an option there and, and fill in at left guard immediately. Tulsa offensive tackle Tyler Smith that they want to kind of another project there and they need a right tackle immediately assuming the top four right tackles are going to be off the board maybe they like Bernard Ryman but those guys I'm not either Smith or Ryman I don't really know if they're going to go in round one but if a team desperately needs a right tackle we're looking at like the Chargers maybe the Titans then yeah I could see them kind of reaching for the next available tackle after the the top four so cornerback is another need for the Titans Jack Rabbit Jenkins he was released after one season with the team. Uh, The Titans did gamble on Caleb Farley in round one last year, who had a lot of medical red flags. So I kind of thought he wasn't going to go in round one. And accordingly, of course, he only played three games last year because of injury for the Titans. So the future may be Christian Fulton out of LSU and and Caleb Farley, but help is kind of needed there right now. Andrew Booth out of Clemson again. Kyler Gordon out of Washington uh, makes sense here for the Titans. Maybe Trent McDuffie if teams kind of fade on him because his arms are too short or because of his lack of lack of height. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of spitballing there. I could see him falling. Asante Samuel kind of fell for the same reasons last year uh, to, to round two. So uh, front seven, particularly linebacker and pass rusher. I would say this defense was different last year. When Harold Landry was off the field, there are a bunch of stats that show that the Titans simply could not pressure quarterbacks when Landry was off the field. So the splits are pretty damning there. Bud Dupree obviously wasn't the answer, even though they paid big money on him. Uh, Purdue defensive end George Karloftis, he may be the answer there. Linebacker, you know, I don't think it's a pressing need. A lot of a lot of media pundits are mocking linebacker to the Titans. Like a lot of them are, like a strange amount. It almost I almost look at it and find it very suspicious. Maybe everyone's just piggybacking off each other. But when I look at the Titans, I don't really think linebacker is a pressing need. But when I look at mocks, it's like 80% of people have linebackers going to the Titans. Like Devin Lloyd or one of the UGA linebackers. Maybe they'll catch their eye, but I don't know. I, I think it's kind of kind of a stretch there. And even if they go linebacker, look, I'm not going to be surprised 
Mike Vrabel, head coach, he was a linebacker. I'm sure he respects it. You know, I'm not going to be surprised, but I, I definitely don't, I definitely am pretty surprised how many media or, or analysts or draft pundits, whatever you want to call them, mock experts, are mocking linebacker to the Titan. I think that's probably, I don't know, fourth or fifth on my list is positions. It's not like they're meeting with a lot of linebackers. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's something that I, I don't really understand, but maybe I'm the one missing out. To me, the position that I'm prioritizing here, uh, where I personally think the Titans are going to go, is wide receiver. And there are certain teams that I just feel are aiming to go with a certain position, assuming the board shakes out kind of decently on draft night. And I'm not going to say they'll force it, but I I would say prioritize. And it's usually teams that were kind of screwed by that particular position. Like maybe that, uh, you know, maybe maybe that position cost them a pivotal playoff game, like a big drop that could have won them the game from one of their starters who's no good. Or maybe the wide receiver position embarrassed them on primetime because their quarterback just couldn't throw to anyone or or the wide receivers just couldn't get open. Or maybe it was just the position group as a, as a whole was struck by the injury bug and the team you know, was repeatedly frustrated at that spot. And this is kind of the latter part for the Titans. Uh, all of this is to say that I feel that way, I feel that wide receiver is kind of that situation for the Titans. Like the team swung and missed on Julio Jones. Julio! who could not keep his legs healthy. And, and he actually had issues prior to the season. He arguably was never healthy for since the moment they acquired him. But but he missed half the season. When he did play the snaps, you know, had to be limited. A.J. Brown, he missed five or six games. They're talking contract extension with him right now. So we'll see how that goes. And, you know, when both are out and Derrick Henry was out too, you know, it was ugly on offense. The Titans, they also whipped on Josh Reynolds. He was another free agent guy that they expected to use as a versatile receiver last year. He was cut before the season even ended. A.J. Brown needs a running mate, and they did trade for Robert Woods. I get that. I know that. But Robert Woods, even though he's an underrated player, he's coming off an ACL tear. That has to, you know, cause concern at least. I know they got him for cheap, but that has to cause concern for the Titans. They don't want to deal with injuries again. I think that they regret not drafting Elijah Moore last season, who, you know, I'm kind of bitter about it too because I had Elijah Moore mocked to the Titans and I thought that was a sure pick. Well, there's no sure picks, but you know what I mean. The team, I'm going to, I'm going to, Go back to the well, though. I mean, the team impressively won some games without Derrick Henry this uh, last year, but I think their passing game was just too rough. I think they were frustrated with the position, too many injuries, and I think they're going to go wide receiver. So Traylon Burks, if he lasts, if he falls somehow, but I doubt it. J- Jahan Dotson, he's a he's a name I'm targeting for this pick. Uh, Christian Watson, Sky Moore out of Western Western Michigan. I hear they're high on Sky Moore. George Pickens. I also think that the Titans are high on George Pickens. So that's probably where I'm going to go with this pick is one of those four wide receivers I just mentioned, Jahan Dotson, Christian Walken, Sky Moore, George Pickens. So kind of those that tier that should be in the 20s to 30s of this uh, this draft. So we'll move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at pick 27. And defensive tackle is kind of jumps off the page as a big need here when I'm assessing the situation. Because Ndamukong Sue, he may resign, but as of now, he's still a free agent. William Golson, Steve McClendon, free agents. That leaves just... Pretty much it just leaves Vita Vey. So they'll try to resign Sue, but help is needed at defensive tackle. I think UConn's Travis Jones and UGA's Devontae Wyatt would fit in really nicely here. At left 
left guard, and that's, I know that's a specific need along the offensive line, but Alex Kappa, uh, he, he was a free agent, got signed by the Bengals, and he was cheaply replaced by Shaq Mason, but then left guard, Ali Marpet, he retired, and his replacement has not been identified. So that's why I say left guard. So is it an in-house option, Aaron Stinney? Uh, I don't know about that. He's only made a couple starts in his career. I think Zion Johnson, I don't think he makes it to 27. I don't think Kenyon Green may either. But definitely options for Tampa. Maybe their floor, arguably. Cornerback is another issue, or at least it was last year. I know that they're pretty good at corner on paper. But you kind of have a situation where, like the Titans at wide receiver last year, where lots of injuries at the position for Tampa Bay at cornerback. Teams picked on Tampa for that reason. because they're Also because their run defense was that dominant. So Carlton Davis, he was re-signed. But Richard Sermon obviously was not. Uh, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy-Bunting, Ross Cockrell, Pierre Desir, Andy Delaney are all free agents in 2023. All of them. Again, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunning, Ross Cockwell, Pierre Desir, and D. Delaney. That's like their whole cornerback room other than Carlton Davis are free agents. This is the last year of their contracts. So Davis is really the only long-term guy here. So they need a long-term player here after this year. So maybe Andrew Booth out of Clemson. Again, Kyler Gordon. Again, those are kind of the two cornerbacks that should go, I don't know, I want to say from 22 onwards, 22 to maybe 40 or 35, something around that. We'll see if Andrew Booth makes it in the first round or not. But lastly, the Bucks have spent a lot of time and resources diving into the running back class. And so this is the second team I mentioned about running backs. If Brees Hall goes anywhere as the first running back taken in this class, it's probably to Buffalo if he goes in round one at all. But my second guess would be maybe Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has visited with Rashad White, Pierre Strong, Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, James Cook, Tyler Batty. So all those are mid-round running backs. But So I think this is a potential landing spot for Brees Hall if he goes in round one to kind of pair with Leonard Fournette. I think they're done. You know, Obviously, Ronald Jones a free agent, but I think they're done with the Keyshawn Vaughn experiment. And Gio Bernard, I think, I'm pretty sure he was re-signed to a one-year deal, but he, was, he just dealt with injuries, and he's more of a satellite back at this stage in his career. So yeah, I could definitely see, even though they signed Leonard Fournette, could definitely see Tampa Bay taking like a top running back available and help, kind of helping Tom Brady out, helping kind of establish the run with that good offensive line so Brady doesn't have to do um, as much work or he doesn't have to be an MVP candidate. And again, they have Chris Godwin coming off a torn ACL. So in Rob Gronkowski, is he going to come back or not? So yeah, a running back kind of makes sense uh, for Tampa Bay at 27, kind of as it does for Buffalo at 25, very specific situations where you can kind of justify a running back in round one. Uh, so 28th pick was Green Bay. We already discussed them. 29th pick. This is also a back-to-back with Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs pick 29th and 30th. Um, so and this is after trading Tyreek Hill. So look for teams to try to trade back into round one for a quarterback to get that fifth-year option in this spot. Knowing that Kansas City has two first-round picks, they might be willing to deal one. We could definitely see that. We could also see Kansas City just taking a wide receiver, not only just to replace Tyreek Hill, but the wide receiver and the quarterbacks. You know, the contracts are so outrageous now that teams are going to want those fifth-year options. When they trade up or back into round one, they're going to want to spend it on a pick that they want that fifth-year option on so it's not too cost prohibitive. And I think that wide receiver and quarterbacks are going to be traded up for 
in this spot. So I'm probably going to be mocking a wide receiver for at least one of Kansas City's pick for that reason, but also for strategy purposes, but also just because Kansas City definitely needs a wide receiver. Reports indicate that uh, Kansas City has not finished adding a big name alpha wide receiver here to kind of make a trio out of Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot and Marcus Valdez-Scantling as their speed threat on the outside. So some names, Traylon Burks, maybe they trade up for, maybe they trade up for Jamison Williams. I, Jamison Williams would be a, a seamless transition maybe from Tyree Kill to Jamison Williams. I'm not saying Jamison Williams is as good as Tyree Kill and you have the ACL concern, but I could see Kansas City definitely liking Jamison Williams. I think Kansas City wishes that other teams were more scared or weary of his ACL issues because he's going to miss most of his rookie year, but teams just don't seem, based on all indications and rumors, teams some teams have Jamison Williams as the number one receiver in this class, and it's a pretty good class. So teams just don't aren't really scared away. They're not really shying away from Jamison Williams, and I think Kansas City's pretty surprised and disappointed by that. But let's look at the other wide receiver names that they could take at 29 or 30. Uh, Jahan Dotson, again, at Penn State. If he goes here, Christian Watson, I mentioned him for the Packers, might love him. Sky Moore, George Pickens. They've met with Pickens multiple times, by the way, Kansas City has. I think that they'd love to get, um, you know, maybe move up and get like a Traylon Burks or Jamison Williams. But, you know, they don't have to because they have two picks. And I think that's Moore or Watkins or Dotson Pickens. One of them will probably fall here to 29 and 30. Uh, at cornerback, it's also possible that they trade for a veteran, by the way, that they move their first round pick for like a Tyler Lockett or something like that. At a cornerback, Tredavious Ward and Mike Hughes, they were lost in free agents. Rashad Fenton, he's a free agency. I mean, he's entering free agency in 2023. So Andrew Booth, Kyler Gordon, again, definitely possibilities. Uh, I personally think that the Chiefs have a need at offensive tackle. Backup tackles, Andrew Wiley and Mike Rimmers, they are free agents in this offseason. But right tackle, Lucas Nying, he tore his patellar tendon in January. So the team, they did sign Jerron Christian as insurance. But uh, left tackle, Orlando Brown, he's a free agent in 2023. So... Offensive tackle, I think, is a bigger need than maybe the media or maybe than you see in mocks. I never really see any mocks having the Chiefs taking offensive tackle, but we should not be surprised if they do because, again, they have two picks. They may want one of them to be for the future, maybe to replace a Orlando Brown or maybe insurance in case uh, Lu- Lucas Niang's injury you know, doesn't heal as well as expected. So while I did want to mention offensive tackle as a possibility, it still is a low percentage pick, uh, not just because the board may not be friendly to them there, but also Kansas City is more likely devoted resources to wide receiver the defensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive line, I mean, that is probably where this pick is going to go. If one of his wide receiver, the other one's probably going to be a defensive line, uh, for my money at least. Uh, Jaron Reed, Derek Nandi, they were free agents. Uh, Tershawn Wharton, he's a free agent in 2023. These are all their defensive tackles. Um, defensive end, you know, backup defensive end, Alex Okafor and Melvin Ingram, they're free agents. Uh, they don't really have anyone. Frank Clark was, he had to take a uh, pay cut to stay there. So defensive tackle, other than Chris Jones, he needs a running make. Defensive end, they really don't have any studs. Uh, in fact, if the draft was tomorrow, I'd assume that one pick would be wide receiver and one on the defensive line. That's kind of how I have it in my mock. So think, you know, these athletic fringe round one players on the defensive line. So UConn defensive tackle, Travis Jones, UGA defensive tackle, Devontae Wyatt. I, I think Kansas City would love for Wyatt to fall to them. Uh, Minnesota defensive in Boye Mafe uh, and Arnold, also Penn State defensive end, Arnold Ebicady. So yeah, one of these athletic defensive linemen out of the four or five that I just mentioned uh, should be one of these picks for Kansas City at 29 or 30 and probably wide receiver for the other one. We're on to Cincinnati. 
It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. All right, two picks left to go. The Super Bowl runner-ups, I should say, or last year's runner-up, the Super Bowl losers, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Surprise team prior to free agency. I would have certainly bet on offensive linemen being the pick here, but credit the team for working to kind of overhaul an obvious weakness. They they signed right tackle Lyle Collins. They signed right guard Alex Kappa. Then, and also they signed guard slash center Ted Karras. And I say guard slash center because that comes up, that's important in terms of uh, uh, strategizing this mock. I'll explain why in a second. Or strategizing this pick, I should say. Um, they signed all of them to big deals in free agency. So these are three immediate starters to go along with former first-round offensive tackle Jonah Williams. So they have four out of five quality starters on the line all of a sudden. It's a strength now believe it or not. But is the work really finished? Because a hole remains at left guard. Is it going to be Jackson Carmen, last year's second round pick who kind of started seven games last year, but really didn't play well? I'm not really sure. The investments in the unit, though, kind of make me think that the offensive line is probably not the direction they're trying to go in round one, at least. Um, I think it's going to be hard to pass on center Tyler Linderbaum, the best center in the class. He's viewed as one of the safest prospects in the whole class with dominant film, but you know he's kind of limited to his zone scheme, which is where he excelled in. And he's also, uh, there's there's slight concerns due to his size. He's a, he's a good athlete, but I don't know. These are just, it's tough for me to find a spot for Linderbaum in the first round if it's not Cincinnati. Um, so I, I want to say Linderbaum is an option, but again, the reason, I'm, you may have heard that I say it's um, Ted Carey, why does it matter that he's guard slash center? Because what could happen here is even though their immediate need is left guard because they plan to play Karras at center, what they could do is they could draft Linderbaum, complete the offensive line. It'd be actually one of the best offensive lines in the league. And they could move Ted Karras to left guard where he's formerly played um, and put Linderbaum at his natural position at center. So that's an option. But I, I do think I kind of leaning towards them giving Jackson Carmen their second round pick at guard, uh, giving him a chance at left guard uh, in his second year. So I think cornerback is the other obvious need here. Uh, we saw that in the Super Bowl because not only did we see the offensive line get death, uh, you know, manhandled by Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl, we also saw Eli Apple. He was picked on by Cooper Cup, and he was picked on kind of throughout the playoffs. He was decent in the regular season, but exposed in the playoffs. The team, they cut Trey Waynes, um, and they, they had three solid to decent starters, but just not great. Not great starters, any one of them. So Andrew Booth, Kyler Gordon, Kyer Elam, um, definitely possibilities here for sure. I think safety is a need that isn't being discussed enough in the mocking world. Uh, Ricardo Allen, their third safety retired. Von Bell and Jesse Bates, they're starting two great safeties. They are both free agents in 2023. So Daxton Hill out of Michigan makes sense and this would kind of be his range. Hill could go next pick even to Detroit and I'll talk about that in a second. Right now I have the Bengals taking George Karloftis uh, because they could use the defensive in depth. Uh, but I'm kind of struggling. To, it's mainly because I'm struggling to find a match for Karloftis and I think Cincinnati, well, I know that they've met with him and they feel I feel that Karloftis is going to go round one, probably in the 20s somewhere. But again, it's tough for me to find a match. Um, I think Cincinnati, he would probably be very valuable piece from day one. He's the type of player that I think they like to draft. And I ultimately, this is about him having a much better chance of probably going in round one than Tyler Linderbaum, who's more 
you, you really have to find the perfect fit for Linderbaum, whereas George Karloftis could work for a number of teams. I, I'm just having a hard time picking that team. And right now, for me, it is uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I had Andrew Booth here, but again, I moved him out of round one because I think the two offseason surgeries may have uh, him medically flagged by some teams. And ultimately, I see Karloftis being having a better, greater chance of going in round one than Andrew Booth. And a lot of these mock draft grading or accuracy websites or algorithms do take off for, uh, you have to excuse my dog, Sadie. She's whining because she's trapped in the room with me right now until the podcast is over. But nevertheless, a lot of these sites do take off if you don't have like a player who isn't. If you have a player going in round one, even if you missed the pick and he's not taken in round one at all, you do lose points for that. Or that, that is no that is no good. So ultimately, uh, Carlotta's the Bengals to me. Yeah, I could see it working out, but I it's more from a strategy purpose. Is I, I just see him going in round one. Greater chance of Carlotta's going in round one than uh, like a Tyler Linderbaum or Andrew Booth, who I previously had mocked for Cincinnati. So anyway, we'll talk about strategy later. Last pick of the day is the Detroit Lions. Detroit, they have a lot of needs on defense, uh, but we can assume for now that they'll take a pass rusher at two. But there are a couple prospects at defensive tackle who the Lions have spent a lot of time investigating. That is Travis Jones out of UConn and Devontae Wyatt out of UGA. Definitely options there. Uh, I've, I've read that Jones made quite the impression on Detroit at the Senior Bowl, even though he was coached by the Jets side. The Lions coaching staff did coach the Senior Bowl. And the Lions offensive coaches apparently took note of Travis Jones. And also, Devontae Wyatt was coached by the Lions in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. So, um, I, so yeah, those are options there. I do not think this pick will be an off-ball linebacker. Uh, you will see that in mocks. In fact, that will be the most popular pick by far. It will be like Devin Lloyd or one of these UGA off-ball linebackers or traditional linebackers, stand-up linebackers, if you will. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I, I, I just, I'm just not doing it. I don't think Detroit prioritizes traditional linebacker. So no UGA linebacker, no Devin Lloyd here for my money, uh, even though it will be mocked by, I don't know, I want to say like 80%. I'm seeing it from like other experts right now, which is crazy to me because Detroit, even with, on the surface, because Detroit has so many other needs. Um, I, I also think Detroit's probably in better shape at corner, cornerback than other experts. They were snake bitten by injuries last season, but Armani Aurorie and Jeff Okuda, uh, third overall pick two years ago, wasn't by this regime, but but he only played one game last year. And in Mike Hughes also, I think the three of them pretty decent starters. And I cannot say the same for safety. Though, though to be honest, also for cornerback, I, I think it's a factor at least worth mentioning that it's crossed my mind that Detroit also takes, you know, could take Sauce Gardner at pick two overall. I think that the Lions are much more likely to go safety like Daxton Hill or defensive tackle like Travis Jones or Devontae Wyatt. Um, a lot of people are also going to mock quarterbacks here, like Desmond Ritter or you know Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell or Matt Corral. I also really don't see that for Detroit. It just, I don't know, it just really doesn't make any sense. If they really wanted a quarterback in this class, they would probably address it early on. And I just don't see Ritter or Pickett being available for this pick. As far as Sam Howe or Matt Corral go, I think it's more likely that another team trades up into the spot and takes them rather than Detroit themselves. And, you know, maybe there's an argument to be made from a mock strategy perspective that you should mock Corral or Ritter here for strategy purposes. Because if somebody else takes the pick and they end up picking Corral for that fifth year option, for example, 
example, then it still counts as Corral going 32, even though it's not to Detroit in a lot of uh, accuracy grading contests. But but to me, I'm going to assume that Detroit makes the pick. I see Daxon Hill, the safety, going in round one. And I think if Detroit does stick here, I think either Travis Jones, Devontae Wyatt, or Daxon Hill will be the pick for now. And that is it. That is my evaluations for where I'm looking at or what I'm looking at for picks 20 through 32. All right, that'll conclude today's episode. My mock draft is being updated daily on fancylawguy.com. Next episode, I will record. Next week, we're going to start talking about betting the draft. It will be about that time. So if you enjoyed today's show, you want to make some money, tell all your friends, hit the subscribe button, give a positive rating review. I really, 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 really would appreciate that kind of stuff. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.